Amen. Good singing tonight. Really good singing. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans tonight. We're going to do something I don't, I don't do a lot, but from time to time, I feel that the uh, Lord have me do, is we're going to go through a chapter of the Bible, <clears throat> and uh, we're going to uh, take a look at it verse by verse. We'll go, we'll go quickly through it, but this is, a, is, a, is a, a different kind of chapter in the respect that Romans chapter 14 uh, deals with, with a differences in beliefs and convictions. Now, when I say beliefs and convictions, I'm not talking about the uh, beliefs of uh, the straightforward beliefs of the death, the burial, the resurrection, salvation, things along those lines, but things that would be, be in question, things that you might not be able to nail down an absolute definite answer from Scripture, but you can get a leaning one way or the other. And, and the, the, truth, the truth is this, in a, in a church... And this is one thing I love about church. Some folks use this as a as a reason as a reason to have problems and difficulties. Uh, it shouldn't be. Uh, the thing I love about about a, a local New Testament Bible believing church like ours is that everybody's on different levels. Um, you know, there's there's probably no two people that are exactly the same spiritual level. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because we can encourage one another. We can learn from one another. We can help one another. And so with that in mind, let's all stand together and we'll read Romans chapter 14. We're only going to read the first five verses, then we'll read the rest of it sitting down. But verses 1 through 5, verse 1 says, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak, Eateth herbs. I've, I've always enjoyed that because that, that simply means don't be a vegetarian, eat meat, unless, of course, for health reasons you have to. I, I understand that. Verse 3, let, he, let not him that, that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let not uh, him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One, one man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that as we, as we pour over the scriptures a little bit this evening, and particularly this one chapter we pray that uh, you would uh, encourage us and help us and, 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 and instruct us, Lord, how to have differences and how in those differences to make decisions, personal decisions, and then how to present it or not to present it to others. Uh, Lord, uh, one thing about independent fundamental Baptists, we certainly have our opinions. We have our opinions about things sometimes that we don't even know anything about. But, uh, Lord, we, uh, it's good that, that uh, we feel strongly about things, but we need to handle those, those uh, strong opinions and strong convictions in a proper and a biblical way. Teach us tonight and show us and guide us and direct us uh, as to exactly how we maintain and handle 
those differences. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you and honor and glorify you in all things. Because we love you. You're our Savior. You're our God. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. You know, as I said, in every church you've got, you've got different levels of people. You've got, you've got strong, you've got weak, and then you've got everything in between. And, and the decisions that we make not only def- affect us, but they affect our family. They also affect other folks that we have contact with. The title of this message tonight is Handling Differences in Decisions. And it's important to know what you believe. It's important to, to know why you believe it. But it's also important to handle those beliefs properly and with a Christian attitude. And so what we're going to look through is we're going to look at, at some principles that, that ought to guide us and direct us in handling differences with one another and also handling decisions. In the, in the first five verses... The, the principle that's set forth is simply this, to be fully persuaded in your own mind that what you believe about a particular subject is correct. If you believe something is right or if you believe something is wrong, you ought to be fully persuaded in your own mind and it ought to be based on Scripture. Uh, not just on opinion, not certainly not on feeling. And one of the things that I'm... I'm seeing it's a trend, and thankfully it's not a trend in this church, but it is, a, it is a trend overall, is that emotions are really making more decisions for Christians today than I've ever seen them make them before. And uh, we ought to not make uh, decisions based on emotion. We ought to make decisions based on truth. We ought to make decisions based upon facts and what the Bible says. Uh, why and how you come to a conclusion that you hold is absolutely essential and important. And you ought to come to conclusions, really about all things in life, through the Word of God. Uh, but it's, it is possible to, to come to a wrong conclusion and still have Scripture to back it up. Let me give you an example of one. Uh, back years ago, when we first started uh, First Bible Baptist Church out in Green Bay, uh, there was some. We came a whole, across some scriptures, and and uh, we came we came to some conclusions. And this is early on. I, I don't I don't know that we we did not hold these conclusions for very long because we looked into the scriptures and we found out that we were misinterpreting some things. But and and this is not an uncommon thing uh, for for folks to say that it is wrong to celebrate Christmas. And that if, if, uh, if you have a Christmas tree, in reality, what you have in your house is a bale bush. And, and in fact, I've heard it called that. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, and, and they take that and they get that. And I, I got it for a while. That's where I landed for a short period of time. Thankfully, it was a very short period of time. But, uh, but I landed there for a while. Keep your finger here in Romans. Go, go back to the book of Jeremiah. And I'll show you the conclusion that I came to, and then I'll show you the correction of that conclusion that I came to, and why the Scripture was the one that corrected me. Jeremiah chapter 10. And let's start in verse 1. 
says, Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. And this is where the Christmas tree comes in, at least I thought it did. For the customs of the people are vain, for one cutteth a tree out of the forest. All right, that would match. The work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. How many of you ever gone out and cut your own Christmas tree? Let me see your hands. Okay, we've done that too. That's fun. Uh, you say, oh, that's heresy. Oh, read on, read on, okay? Verse 4 says, They deck it with silver and with gold. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. tra la 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 Anyway, um, <laughs> they fasten it with nails. You got that, you know, you got that cross piece down at the bottom. You fasten the thing on there. Uh, fasten it with nails, with hammers, that it move not. Oh, what you don't want, you don't want a Christmas tree that moves. Uh, my la- <laughs> the reason why we went to an artificial tree is because the last real tree we had moved three times in the, in the time that we had it up that, that Christmas season. I said, that's it, I'm done. So you want to make sure it doesn't move. And uh, in, 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 in verse 5 it says, they are upright as the palm tree, but speak not, they must needs be born because they cannot go. And so you, you go down through that and you say, well, man, that shirt, wow, gee. You know, it talks about decking it with silver and decking it with gold, and that's what people do. Be careful of taking Scripture out of context and applying it to modern-day things today because that's exactly what I did with that, that passage. And again, I took that stand for a short period of time until I read the last half of verse 5. Look down at verse 5. It says, Be not afraid of them. Huh? What? How many of you have ever been scared to death at a Christmas tree? I mean, without it falling, okay? <laughs> I've been kind of afraid when I saw one fall. But, but uh, the tree itself, you're not going to be afraid of the tree. Uh, it says, uh, For they cannot do evil. Why would you even think that a Christmas tree could do evil. Uh, neither also is it in him to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name uh, is, is great in might. And, and you go on down through that passage, it is talking about idols. It is talk, In fact, one of the things that I think it, it applies to uh, it would be it would apply to a totem pole if you've ever seen a totem pole it's a you know it's a carved out tree essentially and it's it's often uh, decked with various metals and so forth has faces on it and 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 it could be a, a, a bit of a scary thing I have never seen a child frightened by a Christmas tree I've seen a child frightened by Santa Claus and rightfully so sometimes but uh, but I've never, seen them, I've never seen them frightened by a Christmas tree. So there was a case where I took Scripture and, and, and applied it, but applied it in a wrong way. Um, another, another thing about, about coming to conclusions, it's possible to have a, a right conviction, but to have a right conviction for a wrong reason, or to have a right conviction with a wrong attitude. Um, you can be right, but you can be right wrongly. And it's, it's never right to be right in a, with a wrong attitude and a wrong spirit. Um, the proper method of coming to these conclusions is through prayer and study of the Word. 
uh, spend time in the Word of God. And again, I went over those, those verses just, just I kind of glossed over them, and when I glossed over them, I came to the wrong conclusion. When I studied them properly, I came to a, a proper conclusion and applied it, applied it properly. And, and convictions and, and uh, not emotions and opinions are what should direct us and guide us. You say, well, I, I believe this firmly. Okay, well, you better have Bible reasons for the belief that you have. Otherwise, it, it's an opinion, and that's fine. You can have whatever opinion you want to have, but be very careful of... I, I've, seen, I've seen people uh, break up friendships. I've seen families broken up. Uh, over opinions about things rather than, rather than about Bible convictions. And, and uh, notice, notice verse 3, and verse 3 really makes it plain about what your attitude should be. It says, Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. In other words, if someone else uh, has different dietary habits, and they, they may even have biblical, biblical reasons to, to have it. There's been all kinds of books that have come out. You know, the, uh, uh, the God diet and the, the, the Eden diet and this diet and that diet, and they try to go back to Scripture for it and so forth. Hey, you want to go that route, just help yourself. Just don't lord it over other folks and think that everyone else needs to fall exactly where you do in some of these areas. So first of all, be fully persuaded in your own mind and be fully persuaded biblically. Secondly, uh, look, look with me now in verses 6 through 9. It says, He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that, that eateth, eateth to, to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For uh, none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth uh, to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, God both, uh, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Uh, do what you do, but do it for the Lord. Make sure that when you're doing it, you're not doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to impress other people. You're doing it for the Lord. Uh, some of the issues uh, that, that, that uh, uh, might come up might have to do with regarding of days. Uh, one person may, may celebrate a particular thing that another person does not celebrate. And again, Christmas is one of them. Uh, I've seen people get just get flat out contentious. Now, if you celebrate Christmas, and I hope you do, we do around here. Uh, I think it's a joyous time. You know, it's you say you say yeah, but if you study into the the um, you study into the the history of the thing and the 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 actual celebration, the actual day, December twenty fifth, has heathen origins and all. I, yeah, I I know that, but was. Did God be made flesh and dwell among us? And the answer to that is yes. Was he born? Yes. Was he born in a, in a, in a manger? Yes. Born in a stable and placed in a manger? Yes, he was. Uh, 
You know, all those things are true. All right, so is it, is it wrong? Does the Scripture say it's wrong to celebrate it? And again, you got some folks that will just say, oh, you're a heathen if you do that. Listen, uh, I, I think anything that's scriptural, if you want to celebrate it, help yourself celebrate it. And, uh, and I can't, can't think of, outside of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, second best thing to celebrate is his birth, because his birth is what made that death, burial, and resurrection possible. But, that's, but it's that kind of thing. Issues are, are uh, regarding days, regarding eating. He's talking about, you know what I find? You talk about a relevant book. They were arguing about what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat back in, in, in the New Testament times. We're arguing about it today, you know. And, and I've, I've, again, and I've even heard some of it around here, quite frankly, uh, you know, folks that get convinced on a particular thing and they run around and tell other people what they should eat and what they shouldn't eat. And, oh, man, you shouldn't be... You know what I like? I like what Brother King used to say. He said this to me several times. He says, you know what I like, Brother Dave? He says, you know, I know there's some people that, that don't, because of the Old Testament, they won't eat ham, they won't eat pork of any kind, bacon, you know, all that kind of stuff. He says, I think ham's one of the easiest meats to eat. I says, why is that? He says, because you throw it in your mouth and it just crawls right down your throat. <laughs> That's Brother King for you. Uh, but, but, but these, kind of, these kind of differences have been around, uh, you know, for, for ages. Uh, other things that would apply to this same principle would be types of entertainment. Now, we're not talking about entertainment that is clearly and, and, and strictly unbiblical. There is some unbiblical things. There's obvious guidelines in the scriptures. Uh, man, look upon a woman with lust. Uh, he's, he's committed adultery with her already in his heart. That, any, that in any form, any shape, is wrong. It's sin, it's wicked, it's vile. We're not talking about that kind of stuff. We're talking about other things that, 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 that don't uh, fall into those strict biblical guidelines. Your clothes, the education of your children, the employment. You know, we've, we've got, how many of you folks either have been or are in the process of homeschooling uh, either yourself or your, your, your family. Okay. Many of you have homeschooled, all right? You know there's all different kinds of theories on how you should homeschool? All kinds of them. And, and if you don't believe it, if you're not homeschooling right now, get into it, and you'll hear all those opinions <laughs> because they'll all come to you. And say, you know, that's, that's all fine and dandy. We need to do it with the right spirit. It's... it's it's possible to get you know all excited about something. Uh, one of the things that I've 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 always appreciated, and some of you are going to just cringe and turn inside out when I say this. I really love the ACE curriculum. I've seen it used right. I've seen it I've seen it used to, to educate. In fact, in fact, I saw it one time used so right that uh, that uh, a, a a Navy recruiter uh, brought some folks brought one person. Uh, he and, and an, another individual came up from Milwaukee uh, to, to just to look at our school up in Green Bay because they had never heard of anything like that. And uh, uh, one, of, one of our students who really was only just a really basically an average student uh, tested and tested off the map, off the chart. And uh, so they came up and they, 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 uh, they wanted to see it. Uh, 
I, there's certain, and I'm not going to tell you which ones, but there's certain curriculums I'm, I'm not particularly fond of. So what? You know, if I can be a help to you and a blessing to you and guide you and direct you a little bit, give you some information, that's fine. But let's not make those kind of things bones of contention. That's, that's, it, it's ridiculous to do that. And, and, and uh, some things that we practice uh, are not unto God. They're unto ourselves. Again, they're based upon our own opinions or our own desires. And so the reason behind what, why we do what we do is so absolutely essential. Uh, there's, there's folks that, that uh, yeah, I've, I've talked to folks that, that uh, believe that uh, uh, it's sin to have, to have insurance. Well, maybe for you it is. You know, and we'll 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 look into some some other verses here as we get down toward the end of the end of the chapter. But if you fall into a particular category, it may be wrong for you to do something that it's all right for somebody else to do, as long as the the act itself is not sinful. Okay, if the act itself is not sinful. Then then it it you know you just need to to use some judgment and and again you need to go to God and go to his word and and come up with a proper conclusion. So whatever you do and wherever you fall on this thing, you should you should do it for the Lord. Now, I want you to notice verse 7 in particular in this passage. It says for none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. In, in, in other words, uh, you say, well, it doesn't make any difference what I do because I'm doing it, I'm doing it for myself and, and nobody else should care. Well, that's not true either. I, I've heard people say this, uh, well, I live my own life and uh, nobody else should care about what I do. I've heard folks say, well, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Both of those attitudes are wrong, okay, uh, because the truth of the matter is people are watching you. Uh, the truth of the matter is you have a testimony. And it is important the decisions you, you make in life are, are a reflection of your God, a reflection of what church you go to. It's a reflection of, 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 of your family and what your family believes. So we should, we should do those things which most honor God. That ought to be our heart. We ought to do what we do because we do it unto the Lord and we want to honor him with our decisions and honor him with, with our convictions. Uh, the, the third principle that we need to follow, look down in verses 10 through 12. It says, But why, do, why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. The third, the third uh, principle is be prepared to explain to God why you do what you do. No matter what it is. Because the Bible says, whatsoever we do, we should do it unto the Lord. Whatsoever we do, we should do for his honor. We should do it for his glory. Um, I'll not have to explain to God why you do what you do. I'll have to explain to God why I do what I do. Now, I realize as a husband, I am accountable for my wife. I'm accountable for my kids, 
but I'm accountable for, for my treatment of them and the way I lead, guide, and direct them. If, if they decide to go off and, and make wrong decisions on their own after being, being led in the proper direction, then I'm not going to give account for that in the respect of God's not going to personally hold me accountable for their bad decisions if I did right. Bottom line is this, you and you alone will stand before God. And understand that. And really when you think about that, uh, boy, that, that ought to be a driving principle in our, in our day-to-day lives. Some, some, we're going we're gonna to be accountable for every idle word, we're going to be accountable for every idle deed. We're going to be accountable for every action that we've done. Uh, all of that will, will stand before God someday and be accountable for those things. And so, so uh, we need to be, you know, have, it, have it fully persuaded in our own mind and be able to explain to God why we did what we, what we did. And, uh, and again, uh, you will face God for you. You will not face God for others. Others is not your, your, principal, your principal responsibility. Your, your principal responsibility is, 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 is for your actions. The fourth, the fourth principle, look down in verses 13 through 21. Verse 13 <clears throat> says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man... Put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat, and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. What a dumb thing to do. To argue over over me, and I, I've I've seen people uh, leave churches over the fact that that uh, the, the color of the carpet was not what they wanted to have. Uh, that the uh, piano, I think it was Brother Gibbs said he knocked on somebody's door, and uh, uh, they said that they didn't go to church anymore, and he asked why, and he says, well, because because uh, they put the piano on the wrong side of the platform. They should have put it on, on one side, but they put it on the other. And Brother Kiptis says, well, what side of the platform did they put it on? They said, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, just, that's just how, that's just, <laughs> you know, that's just how, how ridiculous. And, and, and people will destroy God's work and destroy their own testimony over that, over that stupid kind of stuff. For me, destroy not the work of, of God. Verse 20, all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. So the fourth principle is determined to do nothing that would cause other Christians to stumble. 
Um, if you look down in verse 13, it says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge us rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Uh, don't judge others, but judge yourself. And, and judge the things that are in your own life that might cause somebody else to stumble. The, the focus is always supposed to be, from my standpoint, on me. The focus is supposed to be inward. What's my responsibility before God, and how am I fulfilling it? Am I fulfilling it properly? Am I being... You know, it's so easy for us to look around and say, well, you know, they're not fulfilling their responsibility, and they're not doing this, and they're not doing... Whoa, stop. That is not your responsibility to be the, 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 uh, the Baptist FBI. I mean, it really, it's not your responsibility. You know what your responsibility is? Is to be right before God, yourself. And oftentimes, I'll be quite frank with you, and I get a critical spirit. You know, I, 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 have, this, I have the same pulls on my heart that you've got. But when I do that, you know, you know what, I'm, you know what I, I realize I'm doing? I'm trying to take the focus off of me because I'm not totally right myself. And if I, but if I can point to somebody else who's, who's more unright or more not right, I don't know how you say it, but more, more, uh, more wrong than I am, that makes me feel good about me not being right. Uh, no, that isn't the way God works with us. God wants us to focus on us. And God wants us to, to uh, take, take account of our own, our own behavior before him. Look down at verse 15. It says, But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Uh, if, if, if others are, are bothered about something that you do, back off. Back off. You say, well, they're not right. Doesn't make any difference. Uh, you know, you don't have to, you know, as, 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 particularly as New Yorkers, okay, as New York, we, if, if we see something bug somebody, we have a tendency, folks, to kind of get in their face and push it a little further, okay? You know what that is? That's ungodly. You say, no, that's being a New Yorker. Uh-huh, an ungodly one, <laughs> okay? Uh, we need to be real careful of that kind of stuff where, where we, we push something, and it, it, it grieves. Sometimes it even just it hurts other people. And, and we certainly don't want to be guilty of doing that. You know, are you willing to sacrifice for others? Are you willing to, to stop something that you are fully persuaded in your own mind that you can do? Is it something that you are fully persuaded in your own mind that you can have, and you're persuaded because of the Scripture and it bothers somebody else, and so you just say, well, you know, if it bothers them, I'm bothered that they're bothered. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm not going to do that in front of them, or I'm not going to bring that particular subject up to them because I know that. You know what that is? That's esteeming others better than ourselves. That's, that's uh, being more concerned about somebody else than we are concerned about ourselves, and that is a biblical attitude to have. Um, in, in, uh, in, in verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of, of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, in context, what he's saying is, 
Don't get, don't get so wrapped up in the physical stuff that you forget the spiritual stuff. And he said, he said listen, the, the kingdom of God doesn't have to do with what kind of meat you eat or do not eat. The thing that's important is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. If you've got that, you're in good shape. And by the way, if you've got that, you're not going to be contentious to others. And really what a lot of this is, what he's talking about here, is contentions that, that, that came up. And just, just rubbing people the wrong way when it wasn't necessary to do so. And be willing to refrain from that which, which you are permitted to do. Here's, here's, a, here's an example. Take your Bibles and turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Keep your finger here. Go to 1 Corinthians 8. This same issue is discussed in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 8, look down as soon as I get there. Verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. 1 Corinthians 8. And verse, verse 9, it says, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which hast knowledge sit at meat in the, in the idol's temple, uh, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? Now what was going on, was that meat was being offered to idols, and it was taken out to the shambles of the marketplace, and it was being sold. Now, technically, is there anything wrong with that meat? You say, you say well, no, not, not really. I mean, meat is meat. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, yeah, but it was offered to idols, okay? But you're getting it, you're getting it for, uh, for, you know, uh, half the price of what you'd have to buy at market price. And, uh, and you're saving some of God's money. And, and, and really, I'm sure those are all the things that, the, that these folks were thinking. But weaker Christians were looking at that and saying, whoa, this is wrong. This, whoa, I, I'm not so sure you ought to do that. Um, right up the st uh, street from us, we have, we have a couple of Orthodox churches, and they, they have uh, pierogi sales. Oh, man. I tell you what, there's there's nothing better than pierogies. I I love pierogies. I I was introduced to them as a as a as a boy, and uh, as, as a young teenager, I had a Polish friend, and his mom uh, for his birthday would always make pierogies, and then other times during the year as well, and they almost always invited me over, and I had never had them before. Oh, I fell in love with them. The good stuff. But up the street, they have they they uh, they they uh, uh, sell those things. Somebody might look, listen, is it, is it wrong to buy pierogies? No, no, it's not wrong to buy them. Uh, it's, it's, it's particularly not wrong to eat them. Uh, if you don't eat them, though, fried in butter and onions with, uh, some, uh, with some sour cream afterwards put on the top, then I think you're in sin. But other than that, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but it, it, what, if a, what if a weaker Christian looks at that and says, well, aren't you supporting that church, and maybe that's not a good thing to do? And Yeah, but those are the best pierogies in town. <laughs> and honestly, some, some of the, they, they are some of the best pierogies in town. Uh, Mrs. T's pierogies are not as good as those pierogies, okay? They just aren't. But uh, are you willing to say, okay, then I won't buy them? I like them. I like them a lot. 
I almost love them. <laughs> but you know what? If that's going to cause somebody to stumble, I'm not going to do it. That's the, that's the attitude we ought to have. Verse 11 says, and, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish, thy, shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. It becomes a pretty serious thing when you realize that when you do that, you're not only sinning against that, that individual, you're sinning against the Lord. And, and, and you, one of the things you want to be really careful of, uh, and there's a, there's a lot of these people out, out there, they're in Baptist circles, they're in all kinds of Christian circles today, and they're those that are constantly pointing out, I have liberty in Christ. And so if I have liberty in Christ, I can, and then you fill in the blank. Okay, uh, you have liberty in Christ, but you don't have liberty in Christ to stomp over the heart of your brother or sister in Christ. You don't have the liberty to offend people. You don't have the liberty. Now, you know, if, if someone is contentious, that's one thing. But if they're hurt, that's something else. And we need to take that into account. Go back to, uh, go back to uh, Romans 14 and look down at verse 21. It says, It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Uh, the question is simply this. How committed are you to other Christians? How committed are you to, to, to people, in, you know, really to people in this church? Uh, if someone, listen, I've, I've already decided in, in various areas of my life, if, if somebody in this church really got bent out of shape, and, and, and I don't mean contentious, but I mean they were hurt, they couldn't understand, and I was doing something that was not wrong, but, uh, but in their eyes, they couldn't, they couldn't put it together. I'd stop it. I'd stop it. Uh, I, I, just, I, just, I just up and quit. Uh, it, it may be something that is good. It may be something that I'm allowed to have or allowed to do. But if it caused somebody else to stumble, I should, I should stop. And verse, if you look down in verse, verse 21, this is, the, this is the rule. This is the guideline. Verse 21 says, It is good neither to eat flesh, nor drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or offended, or is made weak. I should do absolutely nothing. You should do absolutely nothing that causes your brother to stumble. You should do absolutely nothing that causes your brother to, be a, a, to, to take offense. You should do absolutely nothing that causes your brother to be weak. Now, we're not talking about a rebellious person. We're not talking about a contentious person. That's something different altogether. But we're talking about, about, about making someone weak and weakening their faith because of our actions. So we should determine to do nothing that would cause other Christians to stumble. And then the last principle. Go back to Romans 14 and look with me. Verses 22 and 23. Last two verses in the chapter. It says, Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now, let's be real clear. That the, in verse 23, he that doubteth is damned if he eat. This is not talking about eternal condemnation. It's talking about personal condemnation. 
And it says, he that doubteth, if you doubt whether or not you should, you should eat, you're damned if you eat because he eateth it not of faith. So the last principle is this. If you question whether you should do something, don't. If you don't have full faith in doing something, then, then don't do it until God gives you the full go-ahead. Uh, if you can't support a practice with Scripture, then don't do it. Uh, if, if, there's, if there's some question, and, you know, and I, I've given this counsel over and over and over again. Uh, if, if you have doubt as to whether or not you ought to go in a particular direction or make a particular decision, if, if that thing isn't, isn't, isn't nailed down certainly for you by faith, don't do it. Now, I don't, I don't mean don't do it ever, but don't do it until it gets nailed down for you, and only God can do that for you. If, if there's hesitation of faith, wait. Wait. You might not ever do it, or you may wait until God gives you the full go-ahead to go ahead and do it. But if there is hesitation, and the, 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 the principle really is found in the, the last part of the verse, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Wow. In other words, if I can't do it fully by faith, believing that, that God would have me to do it, then I shouldn't do it at all. If there's a hesitation of faith, then wait. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Uh, gr it's a great principle for really for making any decision that uh, God would put before you. Years ago, I had a, a pastor friend who uh, was, he and I got into a discussion about about the uh, size of families. And he had a medium-sized family. We have what I think is a medium-sized family. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've uh, talked to folks and they say, how many kids do you have? Oh, we have five. Whoa, that's a big family. No, my wife comes from a family of nine. That's a big family, okay? Um, I don't think five is a big family. But, but there's, there's uh, all kinds of opinions out there about that. And... and uh, this, this pastor was, was uh, and, and I thought he had a good, good take on it. Someone came to him and said, uh, well, you know, the Bible says be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And so, uh, well, just go ahead and have as many babies as God would have us to have. Uh, okay, and he turned around and said, well, let me ask you something. What does your wife think about that? <laughs> good question. And uh, she wasn't necessarily in agreement with the guy. And, and this, was the, this was the conclusion he came to. He said this. He said this to the fellow. He says, you have as many kids as God has given you faith to have. Now, really, that's, that's some good advice. That really is some good advice. And that's true in, 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 in all of life. Now, don't use your lack of faith to not do something or not have something or, or, or not to venture out. Uh, you know, maybe what we need to do is go to God and say, Lord, uh, increase our faith. Maybe we need to do that, and we need to ask God to, to make our faith bigger. But, but, the, but the scriptural principle is simply this, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So the principles we ought to follow are these. Uh, am I fully convinced by God that what I'm about to do or what I have been doing uh, is, is, is okay? Am I doing it for God? Am I doing it unto the Lord? Will it stand the test before God? Someday I'm going to give answer to God for this thing. 
uh, is, is it something that will, that will pass, pass muster before God? Fourth principle is, will I be a stepping stone or will I be a stumbling block if I continue in this thing? And then the last one is, am I doing this by faith? Am I doing it by faith? Can I do it fully persuaded and by faith? Now, the conclusion of this whole thing is found in the next chapter. And it's found in verses 1 through 7. Look with me down in Romans 15, verse 1. It says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to, Jesus, to, to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. The, the, the whole gist of those, those seven verses is, who am I pleasing? Uh, I should not please myself, number one. Number two, according to verse two, I should please others and have a desire to edify them over pleasing myself. And then thirdly, verses 6 and 7, I should do all that I do to the glory of God. Now all God's people said, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I'm so thankful for the detailed instruction you give us, even about things that are somewhat questionable, that could go either one way or another, depending upon the context and depending upon the situation. Uh, Lord, and depending upon where we are in our Christian life, bottom line is this, we ought to first and foremost want to glorify you in everything we do. And Lord, sometimes, if we're to be honest, we say we don't care. And we do it to ourselves and not to you. And we live to ourselves and not to you. And God, we're going to give account someday for those things and for that attitude. We ought not have it. Secondly, Lord, uh, we ought to be concerned about others. And if somebody gets bent out of shape over something we say or something we do, uh, Lord, uh, maybe we just need to back off a little bit. Maybe we need to be willing to give that up because we love that person more than we love that thing that uh, we've decided to give up. And Lord, the, the truth of the matter is we ought to have that kind of love one to another. And when we don't have it, that's when the contentions start. And that's when the attitudes begin to rise up. Because we really haven't put others before ourselves. And then last of all, Lord, uh, we, just, we just simply need to do it by faith. And whatsoever is not a faith in our, in our lives is sin. Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts tonight. Maybe there's something that's come up in the middle of this message, or at the beginning, or at the end, that... Uh, Lord, you, you kind of you tagged it and, in our hearts, and it's something that we need to surrender to you. It's something we need to get right. Lord, if you've spoken to our hearts tonight, may we be honest before you. 
and may we may we take care of that thing tonight before we leave and uh, god may you have your will may you have your way in this invitation we'll be careful to thank you and praise you and give you all the honor and glory for it in jesus name we pray amen let's all stand together let's stand with our heads bowed with our eyes closed invitations open uh, is god speaking to your heart you know again